LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to the Five Leadership Questions Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Atkins. And today I'm here with Chandler Vanoy. Hey, hey. <laughs> not, and, really, uh, not really together. We're still not we're just still apart. distance, but remotely distanced. <laughs> it is, it, that is true. Uh, and we have uh, a special guest today who has been on the podcast before. Um, and always fun, if I may say so. Always full of energy. I love the work of, of you and your husband. Uh, we have Jamie Ivy on with us today. And man, um, it's great to have you back on again. We're going to talk a little bit about your book, You Be You. I found that fascinating as soon as I got it because I was like, <laughs> this is awesome because, you know, I see so many Facebook posts and randomness, mostly in our uh, our community page. But, you know, the You Be You thing and that hashtag, man, it, it, what you're doing is coming back around on the other side of it and say, You Be You, why satisfaction and success are closer than you think. Because most of the time that's used in a very negative uh, context. So, you know, you know what? I, I, okay. I just interrupted you, which is so rude. <laughs> no, that's so fine. Sorry. But I want to tell you this. I Your just podcast recently... <laughs> is way bigger than mine. So <laughs> no, you, listen. You know, feel, feel free. I recently picked up my kids from camp and um, I had gotten my first copy of the book. Right. And so I'm all excited. And, and let me tell you, I've got four kids. They have not read one of my books ever. They, they won't. So they're in their twenties, but whatever it is, what it is. So I have the book in my hand and I'm like, Kaden, he's my oldest. He's 16. I'm like, look, look what I have. And he goes, you be you. And he knew the title, you know, whatever he, but I just literally, we just picked him up from camp and he said, wow, we had a really long conversation about why it's not good to tell people just you be you, like you do whatever you want. <laughs> and he's like, and you wrote a whole book about it, mom. And I'm like, okay, now time out. I was like, Kaden, let me tell you, it's true what you just learned at camp. Like you do whatever you want to do is not how God wants us to do. But I flipped it around a little bit. So I was like, <laughs> you have to read the book to get it guys. Okay. But it's kind of funny that you said that because yeah, that whole mantra of just, Hey, you do whatever you want to do. You do what makes you happy. You be you. It's not okay. And it's not, uh, you know, gospel centered, but the message in this book is don't worry. Well, I mean, okay, so uh, I'm a dude, and mm -hmm. I admit that I read If You Only Knew, which is another thing that is oh, a common, you know, that's a common saying, that's a common phraseology, but that subtitle was um, about becoming free, if yeah. I'm remembering correctly. So, you know, I appreciate at least you, you're, I think it's actually engaging for somebody to, mm -hmm. especially if they know you and they know your work, um, they're going to be like, well, what is she going to do with that? Yeah, <laughs> you be you, here? what is she going to do with that? <laughs> um, so I think I, yeah, I, I think it's a great title. Um, but you've, you have written other books. You, you've written other Bible studies. Um, I just mentioned that one. Uh, there's uh, your podcast. Uh, you know, I, I also just mentioned, um, it's the happy hour with Jamie Ivy, uh, and, and that's a very popular podcast. Um, I, I think it's, it's fun. You also, um, you also do a video version of that. Um, so man, I, you have a lot going on and, you know, a, from a, from a leadership standpoint, you have a unique perspective, um, both as a, a leader in the Christian space mm -hmm. and, um, and as a mom, and there's so many things that we can kind of learn from you today. So I want to begin to walk into that. 
and ask you our first question, which is, you know, I know being a leader is being a learner. So who are you currently learning from? You know, it's interesting. I remember when I was y'all's guest, um, whenever, however long it was ago, I really, I have always had to kind of remind myself that I'm a leader, which is so crazy. I don't know when people hear me say that, but I'm, there's like one full-time person that works with me. You know what I mean? So it feels like, right. how, how are you leading an organization? But I am. But then I realized the day and age that we live in is that my podcasts and my writing and my speaking, that I do have this unique opportunity to lead women. And I do not take that lightly for a second of my life at all. I mean, it is when someone invites me to speak to the women at their church, I feel it's one of the greatest honors that they could give me because they're trusting me. And so this leadership thing is, it's something that I think sometimes a lot of women have a hard time understanding and I am like owning it and loving it right now and believing that God has put me here for a reason to do the things. But, you know, leadership is about learning. And I knew you guys were going to ask me this. And I thought of three different people. I mean, I could think of a thousand, but I thought of like three different people. One of the person, one person I'm really learning from is a friend of mine. It it, it feels like I'm going to name drop, but I'm not Christine Kane. Um, I learned so much from her and she has spent time with me um, as a friend and as a leader. And so I look at her and I think she is thriving in her gifting. She's doing what God asked her to do. She is leading a massive team. You know, that A21 that she leads is phenomenal. Um, And so I really am learning from her particularly, and then several other women who are ahead of me and what I do and just watching the way that they've been faithful to what God's asked them to do has been a really big gift for me. Um, and then this other thing that I thought about that I want to be a learner constantly, there's this organization that I know of, it's called um, Women of Welcome. And they do phenomenal work around the space of um, immigration and really being Christ-like when we look at all the people that are made in God's image and dealing with how does that affect us in our life, in our country, in our policies. And their whole purpose behind their platform is to help educate evangelical women um, on how we love like Jesus loved. And so I'm learning for someone who is ahead of me in ministry. And I'm learning from people online that are teaching me and opening my mind up to things that I never really thought about much because it didn't affect my life much. And so I hope it's making me a little more well-rounded to learn from people ahead of me and also learn from people who are doing things that honestly don't directly affect me, but they should bother me because I believe that all people are made in God's image. So I think as leaders, when we expand out to learn about things like in the peripheral of what we do, I think it makes us better leaders and better listeners and better understanders in everything that we're doing as well. What would be um, one of those uh, resources, if it's a book, if it's a blog, if it's a podcast, that is kind of far afield that somebody might not expect um, what's something in the last, you know, six months to a year that just really affected you? Um, I read a book yesterday. Hold on. (laughs) Hey, can I grab it? Hold tight real quick. Yeah, go for it. It's right here. If you're like me, you're not going to remember the title and the author until you tell about six other people about it. It may okay. have affected you amazingly, but you won't remember the title. And- <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had to grab because I didn't want to mess on, it up. Hold on. I, <laughs> I didn't want to mess it up. Okay. So like things that affect me, like, I, I mean, we live in a an online world. And so when we talk about social media, for me, uh, I want to follow people who make me think 
differently. But I also really want to follow people closely who help me love God more. And so I want, I want to put things in to my mind and my brain. They're going to spur me on. And so, I mean, people like my friend, Latasha Morrison, who's running Be the Bridge, she is mm-hmm. changing the world through helping us see racial injustice today and throughout our whole country and how we can change that. My friends, I just mentioned, Brie and Sarah, who run Women of Welcome, who are helping us change our ideas and thoughts around immigration in our country. Like, I want to think about those things. I read a book this weekend uh, by a woman named Rachel Gilson. Um, It's called Born Again This Way. And the tagline's coming out, coming to faith and what comes next. And it, I, I mean, I, I don't, I've never met this woman. Literally, like you guys, I'm sure books come through my office at a speed I cannot even keep up with. But this caught my eye. And so I read it and underlined almost half of the whole book. And that has, that's helping me understand um, like same-sex attraction. So I, those are just different areas that may not affect my life on a day-to-day basis, but I want to expand my knowledge on them so that I can be a better leader. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And yeah. I think you you hit it on the head where, you know, we live in an online world right now and especially with social media and with with being isolated from people, we can almost live in an echo chamber of following voices that say exactly what we think. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you saying, hey, we need to step outside of that, read read other viewpoints and take a step out. So totally, totally understand what you're saying there yeah, and yeah. super helpful. That, um, um, another resource in that area that I think is just excellent and another, you know, great, uh, speaker in the women's space is Jackie Hill Perry and mm-hmm. gay girl. Good God was yeah. an awesome book. I like yeah. the way she writes too. Yeah. So good. She's great. Well, Jamie, I know you said your leadership team is of one person, but it's still a team. So Mm -hmm. what is the main point of emphasis for for you and your team right now? Uh, I texted my, you know, my right-hand girl, Lindsay, and she just said, you know, survival. (laughs) That's what she said back to me. (laughs) Um, So within our organization here, like we have Ivy Media, which is creating podcasts and books. That's what we do here. And um, I have my right-hand girl, but then we have, you know, a handful of people who do things for us um, just on contract basis. Uh, when I think about like what we're trying to do right now is we're trying to grow and growth is scary and hard, especially when it's this, uh, it's not the the quote unquote normal type of maybe people that you're used to talking to on your show. And so growth for us is like, how do we bring on new teammates? How do we afford that? How do we grow in the right direction? Still doing what God's wanting us to do without just striving for like the world's success. And that's like a whole nother podcast we could talk about forever. But Mm -hmm. for us, it's like, how do we grow and how do we become more efficient in what we're doing? You know, I think one of the things that's hardest in starting a company, running a company, leading a team, whatever is efficiency. And there are so many times, I just had this conversation yesterday with Lindsay and I was like, there has to be a better way for us to do this because it's taking up time of yours that you need to be doing something else. And so for us right now, we're looking to grow and we're looking to become efficient. And I think those things go hand in hand that I've seen that when we become more efficient in areas, it opens up more room for growth. So that's kind of where we are right now in our company is how do we grow and how do we become more efficient? I think uh, I, I think one of the things that is at play here is the traditional view of what an organization is mm-hmm. and what a business is and what leadership is. Um, because 
in some ways interacting with a lot of contractors, which churches are increasingly dealing mm-hmm. with that as well from a part-time or contracted basis, um, especially with contractors. I mean, if, if you are not leading them well, if yeah. you're not clear in your communication or you're short with them mm-hmm. or you're demanding or you're whatever, they can leave you at any time. I mean, you know, volunteers, you aren't paying anything. So that's even a higher yeah. uh, calling of, of, of leadership in my opinion. But the big thing is you are in effect leading those um, contractors and, and people that you're working with as well. So is there anything that in transition and as you're trying to scale, you would say you've kind of learned as a leader um, in leading people that, you know, our, our, our contractors <laughs> could leave you yeah, at any time. For sure. 100%. I mean, one of the, there's always that, there is that thing like, okay, I need you to do this project and then you might move on and, and that's fine. They should, they can all the things you're not paying them a salary. Um, but one of the things that we've learned over here is how do we, as much as we possibly can bring them into our team culture, like as much as we possibly can make them feel a part of this. And so, I mean, this is silly for me, but I want to give you all the happy hour, like t-shirts and mugs and everything I can send your way. So you feel like you have a little bit of ownership in whatever project you might be working on, whether that's if you edit my shows, if you create merchandise, if you help with our mailing list, whatever it might be, I want you to feel like you're a part of something, even if at any moment you can bail, because that's how contractors work. I mean, I mean, there's some other things that go into play there, but I want them to feel a part of something. And so that on me, that means I need to go, I need to treat them more than just, you're just a contractor that's going to be here for a month doing this project for us. I want them to be a part of us because what I found is that when they feel as though they're a part of something, they actually do a better job. And I think that is just how life, you feel like you're connected to something you want to be a part of it. You want to give your best. And so that's something that we've done over here is to try to make them feel as much a part of the team, even though we know at the end of the day, they're a contract laborer. They're, you know, they're, they're not our employee, but we want them to feel like they are when they're here. The, the big thing here though, is I think whether you're talking about church or, or another type of organization, the, it's about culture and clarity. The, the, the clear, the more mm-hmm. clarity you can provide um, when you're communicating, yes, but it's also your structure, your strategies, your systems. But going back to that idea of story and the underpinnings of why we do what we do, if you're not really clear with your culture, you can't scale because, and your communication, you can't scale because where when you're small, it's you know it's, it's a lot easier. You have a smaller staff. Everybody knows what's going on. You're all kind of drawing from the same well. And as you grow and and include more people from the outside, they're kind of mixing with the culture and mixing their ideas and their background. And for some, a a lot of times that's a good thing, but um, you will, uh, you'll just find more and more complexity, the greater and greater uh, uh, amount that you grow because uh, you've got to just be laser focused on, on, on culture. Well, Jamie, you mentioned that you're all, one of your all's emphasis right now is growth, which for some people listening, they're like, how are you growing? COVID-19 just Mm -hmm. happened. This is a disruption for us. We're, we're trying to do what you said on the beginning is just survive Mm -hmm. and make sure that we we're still here on the end of this, but you are still thinking about growth. And I think, you know, one of the reasons is, I mean, 
like you said, you, you have a podcast, you are writing books. It's, you have a very, uh, online heavy presence mm-hmm. that is going to hopefully, and I think you'd agree, be able to sustain through all this. Yeah. So there's, there's people listening who maybe they're church leaders, maybe it's their own business, whatever. They're actually trying to jump to the online world mm-hmm. and, and you've, you have experience there. You are now looking to grow that. What would you say to, to somebody who's like, Hey, we, we're in survive mode. We're trying to figure out how to reach people online. Yeah. And, and what advice would you give maybe two to three things that you would say, here's, here's how we engage people through our podcast and Instagram and all of those ways. Yeah. You know, it's true because, you know, speaking of a church leaders, everyone had to pivot, you know, it was like all of a sudden, you know, everyone is having to pivot and figure out how are we going to still reach a, our people in our church and B, the world, if they can't come to our building. And so, you know, we had to pivot a little bit again, most everything I do is online, but I was released in a Bible study in March. And so we had to pivot a, a little bit, even though like just for some reason, a lot of it was built around online doing it. So we pivoted a bit and we had to, but I've seen churches have to really pivot. You know, a couple of things I would encourage them to do is I cannot remember who it was. I read a tweet really early in COVID and I don't know how I read it because you guys, I do not hang out on Twitter. That place scares me (laughs) to death. But um, maybe someone else shared it somewhere else is how I read it. But it was a pastor and he was speaking and he said, smaller churches don't be intimidated by what the larger churches are putting out you know, use their resources. And so one of the things that I think has been so hard for people having to pivot to online is it's really easy to look around at churches like, I mean, mine, for instance, the Austin Stone, we put out phenomenal worship and teaching every single week online because we have the resources and we have the team to do it. Whereas a smaller church is having to go, wait, we don't have a camera. Like (laughs) I have to put this on Facebook. What do I even do? You know, um, I remember the poor pastor, I don't remember his name and I'm, I'm honestly not making fun of him, but I'm making a point is that he preached his whole sermon on Facebook and for the first 30 minutes, he had like the facial things on. So it kept changing faces and he didn't know it. So <laughs> everyone's having to figure it out, you know? And yeah. so I would say, number one is don't look around and think, well, if only we were like the Austin Stone, then we could be creating good material. Know that you're going to give your people the best that you can give. And I say that, and then what I'm about to say, you're going to say, well, those contradict each other. And I'm like, no, they don't. Give people what you can give. Do what you can do. On the other hand, do it with excellence. Like do it with as much excellence as you can possibly do. One of the things that I love about my husband and how he leads his team is he really is like, we have to do everything with excellence. And that's not a, we need to be awesome and shiny and better than everybody else. That's, there are 8 million things for people to look at online. There, every church is online, you guys, every church. Everyone has an Instagram, everybody's online. And so you don't want to put out something that's crappy. And again, you may not have all the resources that we have, but you can get resources. Just do whatever you can do, do it with excellence is what I mean by that. So those would be the two things is A, don't look around thinking you can't do what they're doing. Do the best with what you have and do the best with what you have with excellence. Put it out there for people to see. Also, I mean, listen, it might be a good idea to hire a social media person, you know? And and I know also that's hard because it's COVID and people are losing jobs and all kinds of things, but maybe you can contract someone. Maybe you can just have someone come in to check out your church's organization's social media presence and they can give you feedback. We did that about a year ago. Come in and look at everything we're doing and tell us where we need to grow. And maybe that would be a good point now because what we do know is that even if COVID goes away, <laughs> what we do know is that people are seeing, we're going to be online for a while. No matter, even if we go back to churches, it's going to be, 
you know, 30%, then 50%, then eight, whatever. But we're still going to be doing stuff online because in our case at our church, we've seen the reach that it's having, you know? And so we're not going to throw this away. So just know that this isn't just a, well, we're going to do this for six months. You might need to invest in doing this for a couple of years, if not further, because we're an online world. So whatever you can put out there is worth it. Hmm. That's great advice. And I, I think I heard it said and, you know, people listening to this have probably heard us say this already. Some people were thinking this was going to be a quick season. Yeah. Let's call it winter, but it's uh-huh. like, this isn't, this is an ice age. Yeah. You know, this is not going away quickly. Mm-hmm. And even if it does, I mean, like you said, the, the world is online. We need to make sure that we're doing our best to be there to, to spread yeah. the gospel. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned a little bit, um, about your family earlier, but what does your day-to-day kind of look like when you want to stay sharp as a leader? What are two or three things that you've, you know, you're like, man, I have to do these every day or I'm just no good to my team. That's awesome. You know, this podcast, I mentioned I was on it uh, a while ago and I tell what I'm about to tell you so often because I make fun of myself. I'm like, you guys, I was on this podcast one time and it was all about leaders and leadership. And they asked me, what must you do daily? And what do you encourage people in leadership to do? And my answer to you guys was get dressed. And, I remember that. I oh, remember that. y'all, I, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, Jamie, get yourself together. You're not talking to stay-at-home moms here. Like these people go to work. They no. go to offices, Jamie. And I'm telling them to get dressed. So- all that it to say. So future forward though. Think about Thank now you. and Thank how many you. people. Oh, <laughs> so true. go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I literally walked over to Aaron Ivy, my husband. Well, I, don't, I call by his first lesson. And I was like, you're not going to believe what I just told these people. And so, anyhow, I've cracked up about that. But here we are in the middle of Comes COVID. full circle. Here we are. <laughs> And I say everyone's working from home and my advice could not be more true today than it was then. Um, In all seriousness, you know, we have four kids. It's summer. It's been summer since March, let's be honest. And they're all home and I have a tiny house. And so I go to work at least four out of the five days. Like I walk over to my office and I work. And for me as being someone who I could walk over here in my pajamas, I could walk over here in loungewear, whatever. Now everyone's working from home. And I just had this discussion with someone the other day and they thought, man, it's really hard for me to get motivated. And I said, I get dressed every day. And I really do because we're all working from home. We all have kids in the background. But for me, like right now, you guys can't see me, but I am like dressed for work. Like I could go have dinner with Aaron afterwards and I would look like I was on a date. I'm not all dressed up. That sounds really weird. What I mean, guys, is (laughs) I act like I'm going to work every day because I am. So that's one of the things. But another thing for me, honestly, is, and this is a really big thing for me. Like I'm in a busy season right now. I have a book coming out. We're launching another podcast. Um, Aaron and I have a book coming out in the spring. Like it's just a busy season for me. And so there something that helps me to be a better mom, a better leader, a better everything I'm doing is to literally go on walks. And, and I, and I know that everyone's talking about that during COVID, like go move your body. (laughs) But seriously, it is a time where I can like, just kind of get out. And I do listen to podcasts a lot. And I listen, there's this new app that I'm loving called pray as you go that I start my walks with. Um, But it is this time for me to just go out and kind of whenever I turn the podcast off or I turn the music off is just to listen and be still because someone like me and probably a lot of people are listening and maybe you guys, like our mind is constantly moving. We're constantly answering emails or creating something or doing an interview or solving some problem. And when I go on a walk, there's 
there's, I do solve problems in my head a lot on the walk, but there's really no urgency to my life right now. And a lot of us, we have jobs that are just, they feel like we're in a constant state of urgency. Like I got to get this done. Someone needs this. This is due. I got to get this to the editor, whatever it might be. And having that moment for me, it's walks for someone else. It could be something else. I just, I'm going to like let go of the urgency. I'm just going to go on a walk and kind of trust that the work is still going to be there. So, you know, I was very forward thinking when I was with you guys before, when I said, get dressed and I still stand by it. Guys, get out of your sweatpants and put some real clothes on and sometimes just let it all go and go for a walk. It helps me. I hope that you go in and tell Aaron Ivy (laughs) that you were so amazingly forward, so progressive. I was so progressive. Oh, no, so future forward. So much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know before, before we hit record on the podcast, we were talking a, a little bit about your family and going on to uh, Emmanuel Acho's. He's doing a little segment and your whole family went on there. And then um, to be able to talk about what's, what's the name of that again? If you don't mind it's sharing. It's called Uncomfortable Conversations. Here we go. Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Yeah. And I think it's, I know, I know it's pretty, pretty tough being able to go on there and share and then have all, all the internet watching, but just very, um, timely conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I know by the time that this podcast releases listeners, you guys can go check that out and you're going to want to, but also I know my, my wife has started listening. She was not a podcast listener, uh, before COVID and then mm-hmm. COVID happened and now she's listened to the happy hour and she'll come in and tell me what oh, she's yay. been listening to. <laughs> And uh, she listened to, I think it was a special episode where you brought your whole, all your kids on, mm-hmm. right? It was yeah. episode yeah. 300 or something like that. Uh, I yes. can't remember. It really, it was. There it is. Um, and so all of this, it's, it's really cool to see how you're, you're giving your, your, your kids a chance to be able to speak into to these things. Yeah. So I would just love to ask, what does leadership in your home look like? And what have, what have you learned from those past two examples of, of, allowing your, your kids to speak into some of these issues that are happening around us. Yeah, that's good. Um, you know, leadership and leading our homes and leading our children, I mean, inside of our homes, I think I might get to the end of my life. You know, I haven't raised kids all the way, but I might look back and say that parenting was a, one of the greatest gifts that God allowed me to be a part of, but also one of the most difficult gifts that he allowed me to be a part of because to me personally, the it feels like such a heavy responsibility and it is, mm. it should feel heavy, it is. Um, but it just feels like crazy that God said, okay, I'm Aaron and Jamie, I'm gonna give you these four people, have fun, good luck, lead them in the ways of my word. I mean, I'm like, oh my gosh, really? This is, <laughs> this is the biggest job I've ever had. And so, you know, speaking of just going on Emmanuel Acho's show, that's, that's one area where I think, you know, he invited us and it's on the internet. So there's, there's a lot of kind people on the internet. There's a lot of harsh people on the internet too. And so, you know, I went to, we went to the kids and we're like, Hey, you know, Emmanuel asked us to do this. It's, it's a great opportunity. And here's what dad and I think about it. We think a, that it's going to be vulnerable. We think B it's going to give people an opportunity to maybe say things about us that aren't kind or true. But more than that, C, we think that it's this opportunity for us to show people what, a kind and loving and beautiful God designed family looks like. And so 
we want to give you that opportunity. You can say yes, you can say no. We gave all of our kids the option. You can say yes, you can say no. But we view this as more than just like, oh, this is awesome because Emmanuel Acho, who is, you know, he went to the University of Texas. We're all Texas fans here. You know, he loves Jesus. He does great work in the mission field over in Africa, in Nigeria. So like all these things, and we're like, that's a cool opportunity. But more than that, we want to lead our kids in the way that says, whatever we do, whether it's Emmanuel Acho's show, you know, Lifeway podcast, write books, be a student, change the world, whatever it is. Like we do all of these things so that people can see God in our lives. And so that was a unique way that honestly, until you said it, I haven't really thought about how we were leading our kids that way. But I look back to the conversations we had leading up to doing that episode with Emmanuel. And I think, God, we were, we were giving them this leadership of mom and dad saying, Hey, we love you. And we're for you this might be hard, but here's how it's going to glorify God. And at the end of the day, golly, that's life, right? It's going to be hard. It's going to be vulnerable. (laughs) People are going to like interpret things weird. But at the end of the day, we want to glorify God with our whole life, with our whole work, with everything we do. And I hope and pray that we were able to lead our kids well in that. And, you know, when you watch it, I think that you'll think my kids are amazing and they are. Uh, But leadership within our home right now with having teenagers, they're almost all teenagers, uh, is a lot, a lot of talking, a lot of conversations, a lot of grace, a lot of thinking in my head, what in the actual heck were you thinking when, when in your head, when, when that went down? Um, but just trying to show our kids, Jesus, I think that is the best leaders that we can be inside the home is to show our kids that their mom and dad love each other so much and that they love Jesus way more. And they want you to love him as well. That's how we're trying to lead in the Ivy household. What has been, because uh, I know with COVID, you guys have probably spent a lot more time together. What has been like something fun that you guys have ended up doing together during this time? You know, Aaron said a couple of weeks ago, he's like, the best thing about COVID has been so much family time. And the worst thing about COVID has been so much family time. <laughs> like It's like this, this is awesome. Oh my gosh, are we still doing this? Uh, you know, it's it's been crazy. I, I mean, the coolest thing for us is, Aaron and I both can very easily work from home and not work from home, like at the kitchen table, like go to another building. He has a, he has a music studio here. I have a tiny house and we have teenagers. So they're like, they can cook their own breakfast, lunch and dinner if they needed to, whatever. So we've gone to work almost every day during this whole thing. But here's what's been such a blessing to our family is I told you we have teenagers. They all play sports. They do plays. They're in musicals. They have small group. They, they do everything in the world. And so we va- we highly value family dinner, like highly value. Like if we have a crazy week, we'll be like, guys, Friday night is um, family night. Nobody's doing anything. It's dinner. And during COVID, guess what? Every night is family <laughs> dinner night. And so we have eaten together so much. And again, this is not a new value for us. This, is a, this has been a value since the beginning of our family. But- when you have teenagers, you have to adjust that a lot. And so now we've had so many meals together and which just leads to so many conversations and so much more time together cooking and cleaning up. And so that's been, that's been a really sweet blessing in this season. I mean, especially because our oldest is going to be a junior. It's like we're, we have this like ticking time bomb that is just, he's about to leave. And so this has been a sweet season to spend so much time with him as well. So um, I, I think this actually goes really well with our last question. Um, I can't remember who I was talking to earlier this week, but it was basically we were both lamenting the fact that we say 
the things that our dad said to us that we hated. And then, you know, we just find ourselves doing some of that same stuff. And it's like, oh, I remember how much I hated that. And it comes out of my mouth before I really even think about it. Um, And, you know, and there's so many things that I'm, I'm, I'm so so blessed by my dad and, and other members of my family, uncles and stuff like that, where we were all really close. But when you think about that junior who is coming up um, and you also think about yourself when you were 20, what would you tell your 20 year old self about leadership or preparing to lead? Like what advice would you give your 20 year old self? Oh my gosh. When I think about, you know, it makes a totally different question when you think about what would I tell my son, you know, that would help him prepare for the next 20 years. Uh, You know, I was going to say like, listen more, blah, blah, blah. But here's what I would actually (laughs) tell myself. (laughs) Like if I'm going to sit down and tell Caden, here's what I wish I would have done at your age to prepare me for where I am today. A couple of things. Number one, I would tell him, think, okay, so my son just got his first job. And he's working at a movie theater, which is weird because they're not open right now. I don't understand how he's working or getting paid, but whatever. <laughs> like it's <laughs> the weirdest questions. thing ever, guys. That's not even open, but he goes to work like twice a week. Twice a week. I, maybe he's doing drugs. I don't know what's going on here, but <laughs> he has a job at a movie theater. But here's what I think is so awesome about my son getting a job at a movie theater is that my son's dream and desire is to be a filmmaker. And so right now, whenever they open, his job will be cleaning up the theater after we watch movies, right? Like he's going to be the one picking up your popcorn box that you couldn't carry, you know, three steps out to the trash can. (laughs) And I, and my advice to him has always been look for jobs, even when you're 16, that you would enjoy and feel passionate about. Um, I remember when I was in high school, no one really told me that. And so I worked at daycares. There's nothing wrong with working at daycares, but I look back on that and I think, man, I was passionate about some things that were deep inside my heart that I don't even think I knew how to express or say, but I didn't know that I could actually go get an internship or a job somewhere else in one of those fields. Does that make sense? So I would tell my 20 year old self, man, make the most of every opportunity that you have. And so my son working at a, a movie theater, whenever it opens, it feels like, oh, he's picking up popcorn. But you know what? He wants to be a filmmaker. And so he's going to get to be around so many films that come out and get to be, a, you know, see them up close and personal more than he would if he was just having to pay for every time he went to the movie. So I would tell them that is to think about every single job as a, as a unique opportunity to do something that you love. Um, I would also tell them in this day and age that nothing is a secret. Like nothing is a secret. Um, We didn't have to worry about that when we were, you know, 20. And I'm just like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for a lot of things in life. I really thank you. There was not social media, Snapchat when I was 20, because I would not have the job that I have today because nothing is a secret. And so I would want to look back and tell, you know, if I were telling my son, everything you do online is is a is a direct correlation with your character. And we're telling our kids that already and our kids are not online in all those ways anyway. But I would want people coming up who are in their 20s and they're thinking, I want to do this one day. I want to remind them 
every single thing that you put online is a reflection of your character and it will never go away. And I feel like such a mom right now in what I'm saying, (laughs) but it is true. And there are young people who, you know, I hope young people listen to your podcast. They should, if they want to be a leader, but there are young people who don't really understand that. And again, mama Jamie right here is, I want to say like everything you do is a response to your character and never goes away. So find jobs that matter. And remember, nothing's a secret, you guys. <laughs> now, now I'm going to go over to my husband and be like, I was talking on this leadership podcast like a mom <laughs> talks to her 12-year-old. <laughs> hey, some some people need to hear it for sure. I agree, and, yes. <laughs> and I can't wait for 20 years from now when I'm watching a movie and it's your son and he's going to tell the story of how he was picking up popcorn in a movie theater. <laughs> you guys, I, that'll this. make me cry because that's his dream. You're a filmmaker and he's working at a movie theater that isn't even open. So there you go. <laughs> so cool. Well, it was fun to hear how you would answer that for your son, not just yourself. So that yeah, was awesome. it changed my answer when you're like, what would you tell your son? I'm like, oh, here, let me tell you what I would tell let my me, son. <laughs> let me tell you. So good. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. And for you listening, if, if you heard about the book, UBU, and you want to learn more about that, they actually have set up where you can text FRIEND to 33777. That's FRIEND to 33777. And you'll actually get a text and you can ask for more information about the book. So that's a great way to just kind of get on the wait list to learn more. And anything else you want to say about that, Jamie? No, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me on, you guys. And I hope that... I mean, my hope for this book is that it would just encourage women and men, whoever gets their hands on it, to really, really um, strive for faithfulness over success. Well, we're excited to read it. And if if you have not, make sure you text 33777 with friend and you can learn more about it. Jamie, once again, thanks for being on the podcast and thank you for listening. If you did enjoy it, head on over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review so other leaders like yourself can find the podcast. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.